generation dwells here. And then we moving by the pack, so we moving them. And even if you don't, then you do, cause you cool with them. They be like, I only went to school with them. Welcome to Color Correction, a GCC podcast about race from the perspective of an Asian guy, a black woman, and a white guy too. I'm Andrew, he, him pronouns, I'm Asian. And I'm Bethany, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a black woman. I'm Chris, I use he, him pronouns, and I'm white. We'd like to start out by addressing things that we wish we had talked about or want to correct from previous episodes. Uh, so in last week's episode, um, actually, by the time this uh, debuts, it'll be two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the episode when we first started talking about ethical consumerism, I mentioned Philly Age Thrift Store, which is um, which is an awesome thrift store that contributes to um, age research uh, or funding for age research. But several people from our faith community called me out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I didn't mention our thrift store as a circle of hope that we all own together, um, which is known as Circle Thrift. So um, I should have mentioned that because I even worked at yeah, me Circle too. Thrift. I, I didn't mention uh, it. I volunteered yeah. there. Yeah, we've all had <laughs> so our I think everybody has kind of worked at Circle Thrift at some point in time. Um, but Circle Thrift was really awesome. There is one located on Broad and Ellsworth, and there's also one on Frankfurt and the Dauphin North. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and they donate, we donate as a church through, uh, Circle Thrift's, um, profits. We donate to the Mennonite Central Committee's relief efforts. And a further faux pas, like I have led a team called the Baby Goods Exchange Team for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Baby Goods Exchange Team is, is basically a way to redistribute children's clothes because they don't outgrow them or they outgrow them. They don't use them until they're done. And Circle Thrift is the main place we get all those goods to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, they they hold on to all those donations for the Baby Goods Exchange. So, like, that's a big duh on my we part, We be too. thrifting it up. Yeah. I really messed up this time. So, <clears throat> my bad, guys. Well, we all, we all messed up because mm-hmm. we all should have. It's just always just there. It's just always. Circle, Circle Thrift is just there, you know? Is, we just kind of assume is. that it'll... It's just constantly in the background. Yeah. Um, so in that same e- email, uh, Johnny also pointed out to us, uh, he also had a comment here um, that I want to read. Well, let's, we'll seg from, from that segment directly into listener mail, unless anyone has any other corrections they want to bring up. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that he, he pointed out in part in regards to our episode about ethical consumption. Johnny wanted to point out that ethical consumption centers the consumer's experience as the main agent of change. It divorces one from her environment, thereby making them primarily responsible for the problems of the world. Centering the individual and assuming the agent of change is consumption is one way neoliberalism has wormed itself into our mind. It centers individual liberty and the market as how we change the world, leaving those assumptions intact. Um, which is a great point, and we did could touch upon that subject when we were talking about the episode the idea that you know what it's not all about you Mm -hmm. and what you can do right another listener wrote in to talk about how they noticed how bethany had introduced herself as a black woman in a previous episode and also wanted to highlight the fact that um women are often referred to as girls in the workplace and that's also true just in general culture and that's kind of infantilizing um So, Bethany, did you consciously decide to call yourself a black woman? Yeah. So this listener actually had messaged me about it. Um, And I think there's two tensions there, right? Like, I think it's a bit of a cultural nuance. Um, But I also think 
it's a really real concern that I say woman instead of girl. So mm-hmm. when I introduce myself, um, when we do our pronouns and say our names, I think it is important for me to introduce myself as a black woman. But quite frankly, in the introduction, guy and girl, it's all alliteration is mm-hmm. why I say black girl. Um, or mm. wanted you to say black girl at Yeah, because you, I want to make it clear, you wrote that for me. <laughs> I did. I wrote not, our intro. Yes. An Asian guy, a yeah. black girl, and a white guy too. It was <laughs> right. all about the alliteration. But where I say that's a little bit of a like cultural nuance is like, I feel like black women affectionately refer to each other as girl all the time. I call my mom and say, hey girl, mm. like that's a thing. Yeah. So that's not something like as a black woman, that's not something that I notice. Mm. Um, But, you know, we have a vast amount of listeners with a vast amount of experiences. So I want to, you know, be understanding of the validity of women are oftentimes um, treated like shit in the workplace and not treated with the full humanity of their womanhood. So Mm -hmm. I'm a black woman, but when I need some alliteration, I'll be a black girl, too. Um, There were other emails we'll revisit. Um, We'll continue reaching into our reader mail grab bag. Um, so yeah. keep them coming. Definitely. Thanks for sending them. Yes. Uh, we should say where people should send them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I got excited. Good point. So if you have any comments, if you notice something that comes up for you that's a little bit weird, or if you just want to add um, thoughts to our thoughts, you mm-hmm. can feel free to email us um, at circlemobilizing at gmail.com. And maybe we'll read your letter in the speak up mm-hmm. section of our show. You can also find us on our Facebook page, Color Correction. Color Correction Podcast. There you go. I'm still getting it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in this episode, we want to continue the discussion we started two weeks ago, where two weeks ago we were talking about the idea of kind of ethical consumerism, ethical consumption. How do we spend our money? How do we know where to spend our money? What are the moral dimensions to spending our money? In this episode, we want to touch, we want to talk about the same sorts of things, kind of, in the sense of how do we spend our time and attention with the people, with the things uh, that we that we read, that we watch, that we that we pay attention to, basically, um, because we think there's a moral dimension to this too. Maybe a good way to get into this is to think about is to just. Uh, we're surrounded by so much stuff that demands our attention n- now. I mean, Netflix comes up with like a thousand shows a year mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> something, something. I, I, I'm so crazy. Um, and there are all these movies that we're supposed to be watching, and there are all these celebrities that are demanding that we pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, celebrities are off doing bad stuff. So mm-hmm. there are celebrities we're not supposed to pay attention right. to. Um, so. I think that an interesting way to engage with to get into this is is by acknowledging the fact that um, even though it seems like there's more culture to engage with now, the question of what we should be what what we should engage with or what we should pay attention to, um, at least for me, has been part of my kind of faith process ever since I was a a little kid who wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter. (laughs) So, quick story. Uh You guys remember that broom challenge that was happening on Wednesday or Monday of this week where people were standing their brooms straight up? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, I thought that had to do with Harry Potter. (laughs) 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 Let me explain my chain of thinking. Uh So, I saw the broomsticks standing up on their own, and I was like, oh, magic, brooms, witches, 
Harry Potter. I must not understand what's happening uh-huh. because I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so for at least two or three days, I thought it had something to do with Harry Potter. It did not. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Harry Potter is a big example because mm-hmm. uh, it was huge in when the book came out in 1999 and Christians were flipping out about it and, yeah. and burning it. And that's not even the biggest. Well, yeah. and it gave him something to do after, after the Dungeons and Dragons craze of the 80s. Oh, uh-huh. Dungeons and Dragons yeah, were demonic too, Yeah, which is like the thing too, for right? my generation. But Dungeons and Dragons is the Harry Potter of the of the uh, Generation X. I mean, but I mean, Christians have been flipping out about that. I remember in the early '90s those trolls dolls. Oh my god! Do you remember? Do you remember that they were they were like these are satanic. <laughs> they were just real ugly. <laughs> Pokemon's were satanic. Pokemon, at my yes. oh, right. Pokemon, yeah. right? Man. Um, and of course, Christians famously oppose rock music and rap and basically any kind of popular mm-hmm. music. Right. Um, and a lot of our, a lot of my experience growing up was trying to find kind of approved media to pay attention to. Totally. Uh, in terms of what I was allowed to listen to mm-hmm. and not listen to. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I yeah. do. That's why I have this goofy smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. The, uh, the Christian industrial complex is all about like rebranding the stuff that's already out there and taking out all the cuss words. <laughs> right. We could go on forever probably about how these things affected <laughs> us. And, but instead of just castigating evangelical Christianity, which is easy to do and fun. (laughs) Um, I'm interested in getting to the attitude underlying that attitude. Mm -hmm. Why a person would consider some things worth our time and attention, but other things not worth our time and attention. Because I actually think that's something that we can agree on. Mm -hmm. I think we can probably agree that that there are certain things, there are certain people, there are certain whatevers, that might not be worth our time and attention. And I'm kind of curious about exploring that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the stuff that we were not allowed to watch or engage with as kids. Yeah. That were pretty much canceled by Christians. Mm-hmm. Yes, basically, Christians love to cancel. It's literally what it is. And yeah. yeah. Focus on the family says this is not allowed. There and you then go. everybody you go with fo- it. Yeah. Focus on the family cancels it and it, it's canceled. Cancel That's culture right. is not new, especially for us. Um, but what are some things that, uh, well, can we, do you guys see where I'm coming from in this? Like, do you feel like there are s- some things that you refrain from engaging with now as adults that's interesting i still kind of feel guilty when i listen to filthy rap music but i also <laughs> love filthy rap music okay um, yeah, i'm not talking about like stuff oh, that sorry. you're like that you would like not be into as a kid i'm talking about like I, i'm sorry for approaching this in such a weird angle but it's like uh let's dive right into cancel culture for instance sure like louie it was <clears throat> pretty well regarded and it was pretty good yeah but of course uh it came to light that Louis C.K. turned out to be essentially sexually assaulting people or sexually harassing them. Uh, Louis C.K., for instance. Well, when, and, and when you say, like, Louis and you say Louis C.K., I think about Aziz Ansari and Master of None, which was also an incredible show, uh-huh. um, whose furtherance is complicated by, by some of Aziz's interactions with women that went public. Not to the degree that... That Louis C.K. No, that's, that's a complicated yeah. thing. So, like, that is, is a really complicated <laughs> thing. Yeah, but I, like, 
and I'm not necessarily saying that's a show I'm, I, yeah. I'm not watching, but like there's a there's a parallel that I'm. But I get it. There. For you personally, it's harder. Like it's it it has affected your enjoyment of this show. Yeah, I mean, I I try to watch his latest comedy special on on Netflix, where he does actually address um, the like the like the year that he was kind of out of the the spotlight because because he was accused of some things that he admits to doing and like he starts this comedy special with this acknowledgement slash maybe apology and it just like the it was a little off to me and so I didn't I didn't watch the rest of the special uh-huh. even though like I don't think the rest of it had anything to do with that one mm-hmm. thing yeah. It does and it doesn't. I can see why you would get stuck on that because yeah. that's probably the hardest part of the special. If you hadn't said that it was good, I wouldn't have watched the rest of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So you had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah. I mean, how about you, Bethany? Anyone that you've canceled? I had to cancel R. Kelly uh-huh. um, because it doesn't feel like it's worth my time listening to R. Kelly and the the knowledge that I have now about R. Kelly and his lifestyle and the ways in which he was physically and sexually abusive towards women has completely shifted the way I listen to his music and the mm. way I consume his music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really grow up on R. Kelly because my parents didn't really listen to R&B in the <laughs> 90s. But then when I became an adult and I could do what I want, <laughs> I listened to a lot of R. Kelly. Um, I think he makes really beautiful music and really beautiful um, love songs, but when I hear some of his lyrics now, and I have an image of the women that spoke in the documentary surviving R. Kelly, their faces pop up in my mind when I listen to his music mm. now. So it's almost like I physically cannot consume his product anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these choices are... That's why I was interested in approaching this from a, a kind of personal angle as opposed to what the so-called cancel culture says we are and are not allowed to engage in mm-hmm. because um these... it's much more interesting to determine how we how we cancel personally and what we're consuming and why like mm-hmm. how it personally affects us right yeah so kobe bryant died um a, a less than a month ago and it's been interesting seeing people deal with the complicated legacy of kobe bryant uh how do I want to phrase this? Yeah, I feel like we're not piecing this episode together very well. Mm. Do you feel that way? I'm trying to... We're kind of, we're circling it to this thing I'm trying to to get in. I think me and Chris are struggling to get to what you're yeah. getting at with this. Because I feel like you're framing it as how do we determine what we consume. Right. But if we're not consuming something, we're canceling it, right? I guess so, yeah. If we're if we're making a conscious choice not to consume it, right? What's is there a bigger difference in that for you? I mean, it feels I don't, like think, there I don't is. really think there's a bigger difference, except that typically you cancel a person. That's okay. What okay. As opposed so, like, to, we're talking about we're talking about canceling R. Kelly, Aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. and Louis C.K. Yeah. For example. Yeah. We just gave three examples yeah, of persons of that we've yeah. Canceled. And so originally, I wanted to try to move away from the idea of people specifically and and get into a broader conversation about. Things that demand our attention besides just celebrities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've kind of gone into just talking about people. Right. And we, I guess we could continue in that vein. I'm just, I don't have a lot to say about it. I feel like what you're getting at might be too complex. 
okay. for us to figure out like so in do the we want to just episode. focus on people on we people could focus on on people and maybe we could frame it as a movement of can- canceling oppression right like when we cancel individuals what we're really trying to do is move out of oppression so usually somebody gets canceled for homophobia racism um, sexism, sexual harassment, all of these things are isms that continue yeah. oppression. I mean, I get it. I think the issue is that, like, then we're getting we're getting into the subject that I explicitly didn't want to address, <laughs> which is liberals are too sensitive. Like, what what is cancel culture? Does it work? Mm, mm-hmm. Is it a thing that we should be engaging in? Why don't you want to get into that? Because I don't just. Um, I don't. I don't deal with anybody who does it. Who, who thinks that cancel culture is bad, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I think we I don't might know. think that cancel culture. Well, is who bad who thinks that cancel as, culture is bad? As Christians, like, where's the grace in cancer? Cancer, cancel culture. Like, how do Christians engage with cancel uh-huh. culture when we are trying to speak truth to power, but also love people? Like, cancel culture uh-huh. really strips people of their humanity like i can't think of anybody who's been canceled that didn't deserve it (laughs) (laughs) everybody deserves it yeah but like (laughs) but like what is there somebody who there's no redemption in cancer but how can people is there somebody who apologized and then like you feel like deserved grace and didn't receive it no i mean dan Harmon gave a good apology yeah he gave a good good apology apology and now he's back but is like louis ck apologized didn't really like his apology very much yeah and he didn't receive any grace and then he got real bitter about and it. i'm actually mm-hmm. not interested in like talking about a road back for for louis ck i mean we could talk about like what would it take for him to redeem himself but it's mm. like that's just me repeating like articles that i read on vox yeah <laughs> about how to redeem yourself when you're a celebrity like, yeah I, but we have a different perspective as christians don't you think it's just, you know, if I'm in a relationship with you and I apologize, it's like a different thing than, like, Louis C.K. releasing a press release. Right. It feels different. It feels different to me. Does it not feel different for you? No, because, like, they can't be in relationship with me, but, like, I'm in relationship with celebrities. Like, it's a one-sided relationship, but the way they uh, okay. they navigate the world, it does affect me. Like. Um. Kobe Bryant dying fucked me up that day. I had to do a sermon, and uh-huh. I kept saying before the sermon, y'all, we lost Kobe. Like, Kobe, if I died, Kobe wouldn't feel shit. But, like, I feel something for Kobe Bryant. I have a relationship with that person. So that press release is kind of a personal apology. Huh. Maybe that's the difference. It's like, I don't feel, I don't really feel a connection to these celebrities. I do. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Celebrities be hurting my feelings when they do dumb stuff. I'm like, why? Why did you do that to me? Well, and and they are carriers of a broader culture. Like mm-hmm. their their actions have these ripples. They do. Um, like- I'm also really connected to celebrities because, like, I was homeschooled. Uh-huh. So, like, celebrities and watching TV and what they were they were doing, like, shaped how I navigate the world because I thought the way celebrities function or even like kids on sitcoms function i thought that that was normalcy like Mm. that's how i crafted normalcy in my head yeah i get what you're saying i just uh like i don't care if louis ck has been canceled he deserved it (laughs) i never liked him that much i watch a show now i don't big fucking deal you know maybe this is maybe this is more to do with just your um like you don't get close to any of these celebrities yeah, like it goes back to that. Like, I'll like 
I will like fully support you when you're dead and you can't do any right. shit. Right. E- even yeah. then, even even then. I don't know. I mean, you can have a you can have a post dug up. Yeah, kind yep, of comes exactly. dug up. So um but it, so it, there's definitely something about like the repercussions of those actions over like a whole society, right? Like R. Kelly matters to a lot of people. Yeah. The way he lives his life I matters. Mean, I get that he matters. If you're if you're into the same kinds of stuff he is into, like underage women. Yeah. But you're not famous, but you see that he's doing it. Like, I don't know. I think there's something to that. Wait, say what you're saying? Like. Yeah, okay. But now we're, we're having a broader conversation yeah. about how these person people affect the cultural fabric, which is. But their being canceled also affects the cultural fabric. Yeah, That's what, what I was saying. What I'm their trying to figure out is what, how does the, the cultural culture? fabric affect us? <laughs> yeah. Because I think it, I think you've made a case that it affects you. Okay. But it, it, does any part of the does it affect you, Chris? For me, it's like I don't care. It's all entertainment. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard it's for true. me. To, like, it's hard for me to I'd make be a good podcast. Celebrities aren't my aren't my friend. I just watch something else. It's true. I it, still haven't canceled Chris Brown. I mean, I think what we need, I secretly I think, Bethany. I think him. we need you to lead us through this podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe so. Maybe I so. mean, I gave us the. Oh, did I draw this outline up? You, yeah. All right. And then you came in here. You were like, I don't want to do this shit. All right. All right. All right. Let's do it. Let's no. Let's get into. Let's get into this specifically, because I mean, we we're having a a, a disagreement here. And I this got is, mad at you. And you. I was like, well, I did it, I and mean, then you didn't like, want to do it. The, the last ten minutes have been so interesting. Yeah. This is all. Listen. This is all staying in, guys. This is how the sausage gets made. <laughs> All right. Uh, th- so this is all yes. staying in because we're having a disagreement about how to approach this. Cancel culture. Can- yeah. Oh, man. But uh, And whether it like, yeah, okay. Um, Bethany, you think that we should treat celebrities with grace. Because, but I part of wonder that is, what that grace yeah. looks like, I guess. Right? Because you like, feel like you have a personal connection. Like, I feel like I should treat people that I run into with grace. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have any, op- feel any obligation to this, like, multi-million dollar person putting out records or whatever filming movies they don't feel like a real person to you no they feel like a like a, a person product. like like a product like a product oh no celebrities don't feel like that to me oh, okay. and i actually always feel really bad for celebrities mm-hmm. because so many people just interact with them like have you ever looked at like a celebrity's twitter feed yo people no. say crazy things to celebrities on Twitter. And I think it's because people view them as products and not humans, and that hurts my feelings for celebrities. When I celebrities mean, read their tweets on Jimmy Kimmel, that is my favorite segment. But on... but that it's because Jimmy Kimmel recognizes that yeah. like people will just treat celebrities like shit and right. say anything to them as if they have no humanity. Right. Yeah, but celebrities put themselves out there yeah but it's just it's a job you know what i mean Uh like it's a job and it entertains us they're like do i'm not i I told i'm gonna start caping for celebrities i caution that like (laughs) Uh i understand that like celebrities do harm and put themselves out there there's like a lot of like underlying issues with the culture of celebrity dumb Uh but it's a fucking job. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, I'm not going to treat you like shit because your job has you out there. Like, that's a part of the job. 
And wait, wait, wait. What's a part of the job? Oh. Being out there. Being you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like being in the public, being seen, um, people like consuming you. Like that's a part of the job. That doesn't mean that I take advantage of you in that part of the job or mm. treat you, not even take advantage of you, but just treat you like less than a human. Like you would never say that shit that you say to celebrities in the Twitterverse yeah. to their fucking faces. I don't think anyone here is gonna is advocate for being mean to celebrities yeah. on Twitter. But I think it's mean to like consume celebrities just like they're a product hmm. and not think of the the ways in which grace should be afforded to celebrities. Well, don't you too? think it's naive to think that the celebrity doesn't like isn't putting themselves with the with the with the help of like a PR person and a whole team of people that like screen all their tweets and screen all their photos and like do put put this this image out there of themselves as not even themselves it's just this it's a image it's for a product production. It, it is a production like it's I, i'm not trying to say that people are products right um but i know that like when michael b jordan posts on instagram and i follow his instagram <laughs> like i know that like that's i'm not personally connected to him right. i'm just looking at a cool picture of him in a pink suit yeah by the way we call michael b jordan michael bay jordan <laughs> here okay, okay. understood um, i guess i just won't be talking about him at all then <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess that is a really good point. Like, they do, part of the job is being a product. But I don't know. Well, and I, and I, and I think at the center of this is what happens when that product turns out to be a person with That's real what it flaws. Is. That's what it is. Real flaws. People get mad at the product for being, like, being defective. Yeah. But the defectiveness is fucking humanity. And that person just gets treated like mm. Woody when Buzz Lightyear. You know what I mean? <laughs> From like, Toy Story. They're making a Toy Story. Right? <laughs> yes. All right. Like, all right. All right. All right. I mean, I get what you're saying. I think you're saying. Um, <laughs> I think you're saying. It was the Toy Story reference. Yeah, he like, had enough. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. Now that you frame things in Toy Story references, right. now that Great. it's a Pixar reference, I think I'm on board. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I get. Well, I get what you're saying. I think I get what you're saying. Uh, in the in the sense that um, you think that. At least as Christians, yeah. we should always be looking for the humanity in other people. Their full humanity yeah. in its complexity, mm-hmm. both the good and okay. the bad. We should always be practicing uh, compassion. Yes. Um, everything is an opportunity for us to practice compassion, including like Michael Bay Jordan's Instagram. <laughs> yes. That's what you're saying. Yes. Right? Like we should be treating this because it is a person it's not like a rock. It's not like a chameleon. It's like an actual person, a human being. Mm-hmm. So it should be easier to practice compassion toward that person than it would be for something else. We should be using that as an opportunity to become more compassionate. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. I think in canceling people, we have to also think of, at least as Christians, if you're not a Christian, like, fuck it, cancel away. But like as Christians, I really struggle with this rigid cancellation whether it's of harry potter Mm -hmm. and like the artwork the art that that is of i don't know the woman who wrote it because i wasn't allowed to listen to or read it jk rowling yes um or if if it's like the way i interact with r kelly now Uh right like if somebody is repentant then i think somebody that's repentant deserves grace and compassion Mm. now r kelly is unrepentant right so like that's a whole different topic we totally manage that differently but if people are seeking Mm -hmm. repentance and and what i mean by repentance is like actively trying to seek turning away from their sin yeah I don't know. It just feels well, weird for Christians. Let's, I mean, to let's do. Let's talk about that because, like, obviously, when you're dealing with somebody that you know, 
I think you can make a judgment call as to whether they're truly repentant or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and it's especially easier. if you're the person who's been violated. Right. You know, who's been sinned against. Right. But if it's just a dude, like, like R. Kelly did not apologize at all. No, he uh, flipped out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm specifically referencing the R. Kelly and Gail King interview. You uh-huh. can pull it up on YouTube. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but it actually shouldn't be funny because, uh-huh. like, it seems like he has, like, a uh, real crisis in the middle of that episode. There's a temper tantrum. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then frames himself as As the victim. victim. Like, Mm -hmm. at one point, he says, you know what my issue is, Gail? I'm too nice! And I was like, yo, my man has lost it. Uh Um, Yeah, yeah, so so for somebody like that, for somebody like R. R Kelly, who is not repentant at all, Mm -hmm. you... um, I don't want to say you're okay canceling them, but you're okay not engaging with them. Yes. The criticism against cancel culture that, and here I am doing what I didn't want to do, which is bringing up what what conservatives say. Here we go. <laughs> the criticism that conservatives lob against so-called liberal cancel culture is that it doesn't, there's no way back. There's no grace afforded to people, even. Well, grace is always afforded to white men. So like. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> well, like, um, I'm trying to think of somebody who did apologize and whose apology has not been accepted by culture. And the only person that comes to mind for me is Louis C.K., who, after what he said came out, he did release a press release apology, um, which was widely considered fine, not great. He disappeared for about a year, and then he came back basically mm-hmm. completely unrepentant. Mm-hmm. And is selling out shows. Well... Yes. I mean, he's... He, so, in mainstream culture, like, it's not cool to accept him, uh, but obviously there's a lot there's of people. Somebody, there are people out there that are paying attention to him. Right. So... And feel okay consuming his product. And part of his, part of his act now is bitterness over not being forgiven or not receiving grace when he felt he deserved it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But this is where he's a commodity. He's selling out shows with that product mm-hmm. of victimization because people didn't forgive him and apparently enough people did or didn't care in the first place he's doing fine yeah he's doing really well like part of this is about like who is actually a victim in this equation all right let's bring it back to kobe did kobe bryant ever apologize was there any ever anything between him and his victim Mm, i'm not sure i feel like i can picture him and his wife at a press conference but i'm not sure if it was an apology. There was. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing. An, I'm, I'm looking at an article from ESPN in 2004. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, a statement that he made. Here's the essential part. Although this year has been incredibly difficult for me personally, I can only imagine the pain she has had to endure. I also want to apologize to her parents and family members. Blah blah blah. And my family and friends. Whatever. But he he says this. He says, "I now understand how she feels. She did not consent to this encounter." So he doesn't actually apologize or cop to doing anything wrong. He, the, the apology is very, is phrased very specifically. And this, maybe there was legal reasons for this. I was going to say, this sounds very legal. Yeah, because the civil suit was still going forward. But like, he apologizes for how she feels she did not consent Mm -hmm. to this encounter, which isn't, yeah, it's not a real apology. Right. So Kobe Bryant, obviously complicated legacy in the sense that he, um, 
Well, Bethany, why don't you tell me why you had a complicated legacy? Because you're the one who feels this deeply. (laughs) (laughs) So in 2004, um, Kobe Bryant was accused of rape by a um, Colorado hotel um, worker, I believe. Um, And I think she pursued criminal charges, but then eventually had the charges dropped. And that's a part of Kobe's legacy from 16 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, that people really don't talk about anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if it happened now, it would be a way bigger deal. Um, But yeah, that's a thing that happened. Um, Okay. That's a thing that happened when he was married. So there was a lot of people that were um, talking about the fact that he cheated on his wife, um, in addition to the fact that he was accused of rape. Um, So in Kobe's death, um, which hit a lot of us that grew up on Kobe Bryant really, really hard, Mm -hmm. um, there's been a lot of people that are on one side or the other, that Kobe Bryant is a rapist or that Kobe Bryant is a legend. And nobody is acknowledging the tension in between of his full humanity. Mm, and okay. I think that's, that's the what thing I that bothers explore. me. That's what I want to explore. I want to see how you apply your, what you're talking about in terms of your approach to expressing humanity to celebrities, to Kobe Bryant, um, all-star basketball player, also... Person who committed Mary. sexual assault. Oh, I'm sorry. I started plugging how he's connected to Philly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Also, local, mm-hmm. local Philly guy. Yeah. Um. So lower Marion. <laughs> so how do you how do you deal with all this? It's really hard because I think my immediate response is to cape for Kobe Bryant because. That's the person that I'm connected to. That's the person that I grew up on. You know, mm-hmm. when you threw something in the trash from your seat in a classroom and threw it in the trash can, you said, Kobe, like that's Kobe has been such a big part of my upbringing without like him being him choosing that. Right. Mm-hmm. So my connection is with him. Um, but as a woman, I have to try to recognize um the woman that accused him of sexual assaults for humanity as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't have like a conclusion on what on what I do with that. I feel like I am actively wrestling with that mm-hmm. tension of his full humanity. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is I do recognize that he was fully human. Mm-hmm. Right? Like people are not one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. And s- People experience us all differently. There are people that hate me in this world. You know what I mean? Like, especially when girls that I interacted with when I was younger, I was mean to them. And they still Mm -hmm. hate me when they see me when I go home. And in their world, I'm a shit person. Mm -hmm. And in that world, (laughs) that's really valid because I was a shit person to them. Whereas my other friends now that I'm older don't view me that way. So I'm saying all that to say, like, the way we experience people uh-huh. is valid, but uh-huh. it's also important to keep in mind that other people may experience them differently and that, like, they're fully human, fully flawed, and also, like, fully loved by other people and God. Like, we can't just, uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. We can't just throw people away because of our experiences with them. It comes to uh, celebrity and their product, which may or may not be themselves, though. Do you think we can... That we can respect that person's humanity while also 
canceling them or refusing to because i assume if that they're unrepentant yeah. yeah so like with r kelly for instance not listening to his music is mm-hmm. how you have chosen to engage with him mm-hmm. but at the same time applying your the way that you treat people as human beings how would you apply that to r kelly i may not consume him as a product but uh-huh. like i can hurt for him or feel for him as a human yeah you can still i, I can I, throw the product away right. quicker than i can throw somebody's humanity away mm-hmm, when right, people yeah. say things like somebody had tweeted mm-hmm. something about kobe to the effect of um like he deserved to die he deserved to go down in that fiery crash and i'm like how could you say that about yeah. anybody yeah. that died along with there were multiple families on that plane right. uh-huh. and Kobe was on the plane with his 13 year old daughter like I woke up the Monday after he died like mm-hmm. I can start crying right now but like I was like I can't imagine being that little girl and being Kobe and being like dad dad as the plane is going down like yeah. that's crazy how mm-hmm. could you not think of somebody's full humanity in those moments and what that must have been like Mm. like that's still i'm like literally about to tear up right now thinking of that that's what happened to kobe bryant was terrible and what he most likely did to that woman in colorado was also terrible Mm -hmm. that's just a shitty tension that we live within within our humanity Mm -hmm. yeah and cancel culture is it's an oversimplification of of something that's really complex like like what? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't go anywhere with that. Forget no, it. I think I get what you're saying because I never thought about yeah. Because I, I never thought about what you're saying into because I am so used to thinking about celebrities in terms of just the product that they put out because the person itself is like I oh, no. feel A like it's completely inaccessible see. to me. Yeah. So I don't even think about like yeah. They're just, I, I don't even think about who they are, really, yeah. from my day-to-day life. But Bethany is kind of making me think, like, oh, maybe I should. Maybe <laughs> I should use this as an opportunity to practice compassion. Because in, in, And I get what you're saying, Chris. I think if I can develop your idea. Sure. I, I, because I can take another step. The idea of separating out the, the cancellation of the product from, this, from the cancellation of a human being who is a – they're a human being. You can't really cancel a human like you can a TV show. No. You can cancel the things they produce or the image that they put out or the product that they – put out when but, people try and cancel humans they they always frame it like that person should just be dead and that's so fucked up it upsets me so much mm-hmm. i mean i've yeah okay do you, i mean do, <laughs> Andrew do you think does not care i see people say that and i just assume they're being like they're being hyperbolic or they're talking about somebody no, they're like serious. serious about like murdering people yeah in your opinion I think so. I don't see how somebody could say that Kobe Bryant deserved to go down and like. I mean, that's just a crazy take. But I mean, maybe I should just take people. Maybe your issue, Bethany, is that you take people way too seriously, and I don't take people seriously enough. (laughs) There's somewhere in between. Yeah, I don't know. It upsets me. (laughs) Uh, Anything you want to chime in here, Chris? I don't know. I don't know. Because I I mean, I feel like we got a lot of good conversation out of this, and I'm really interested in just dumping this whole thing on, on the, on, onto the podcast feed. The way this episode transformed from what I thought it was going to be into like what it became, I think was really was the best way to approach this topic. Okay. I guess like because if- the topic's as complex as like our conversation that we were mm-hmm. having about yeah. it. Yeah. And it, it's it, our initial disagreement stems from a fundamental difference in how we treat celebrities. Yes. Uh, which is <laughs> which interesting. Is, yeah. <laughs> which is weird. I never expect to have that conversation. <laughs> I thought everybody loves celebrities. Uh-huh. Mm. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm thinking about like if there's if there's anything in the cancel culture, it's the way that we challenge how people have and use their power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what's at the center of this. Like, okay, so like you're you're a human being, R. Kelly. We get that, but like you're also a powerful human being right. who used his power mm-hmm. over women. And girls. Mostly yeah. girls. Mostly girls. Yeah, let's not say yeah, women. Like he, Mostly black girls. Yeah. And it got ignored for years yeah. because they were black girls. So, and, and like, and we're challenging that. Like, we're throwing it back in your face and saying, no, actually, we're not okay with you doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, if that's cancel culture, I'm, I'm in. Like, we need to challenge power. Mm-hmm. We, don't need to, we don't need to cancel our Kelly. Like I'm glad as you, a I'm, human. I'm glad you bring that up. Like it's not. It's but like let's not confuse humanity with yeah. with power and celebrity. Sure. Like let's not let's not lump all those things in the same. Basket totally either. true. And that same attitude is what we. It's always what we're dealing with when we're talking about the humanity of the oppressor. Yeah. I mean James Cone in God of the Oppressed talks about how white pastors like to say that we are all oppressed. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. You know, and that is true, but... But we don't all get to be oppressors. Right. The oppressor mm. is oppressed in the, the fact that the oppressor is oppressing. Mm-hmm. In order to be free, the oppressor needs to be relieved of their ability to oppress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what those yeah. pastors don't understand, that yeah. there's a difference in power there. So, I think there is a difference in... Um, r- trying to remove that person's power and, you know, hoping that they die in a fiery crash <laughs> mm-hmm. and not yeah. respecting the fact that they're a human, that they're a human being who is oppressed by the fact of their ability to oppress, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where we need to end it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we great. argued for 50 minutes about Yo, celebrity. That was intense. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. <laughs> So the last thing that we like to do here is talk about stuff that we're into this week. Uh, Beth, you want to start us off? Sure. So I started to say that I'm very into the pink velvet latte from Dunkin' Donuts that's around for Valentine's Day. It is extremely delicious. But what I'm most into this week (laughs) is Lil Wayne's, um, I think it came out in 2007, maybe early 2008, the Carter Three album that came out my senior year of high school. Um, In fact, I think it came out early 2008, right before I graduated. Um, It is a really fantastic album. I forgot how good it was. I forgot how good a rapper Lil Wayne was. Um, (laughs) Uh Like every song on that album is really good. And he raps in this like free flow, almost freestyle style on every song where he like connects his last word to like the next line in this really beautiful and like nuanced and rhythmic way i was just listening to it today as an adult like i can remember bopping in high school to it but like listening to the way he puts words together as an adult i'm like man this is really complex and a really good Mm. album so i'm super into the carter three this week nice nice i think this week um i'm I'm into Rose Eden, my mom. Um, her birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Rose. Um, we had a nice talk today. She's like, she's been listening to our podcast. Nice. Like, so, like, that's awesome. And um, I I say that, like, I, I think I inherited a lot of the um, the values about, like, 
Jesus and race from my parents. And it's like, it's been kind of like amazing to like listen to her personal journey recently, like how she's like re-exploring ideas about race, living in, living where she does in like a rural town and trying to like kind of turn back on in a lot of ways and pay attention to, to like whiteness Mm -hmm. in her and around her. So like this week it's um, my mom's personal journey. That's so cool. That's great. Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> this week you're into your mom's personal journey. You know what? It works for me. That's <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> Hopefully we don't have to cancel her. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we do, we still respect her humanity. <laughs> um, Next week I'll just be into your mom. <laughs> <laughs> we are into Beth's mom. Though. <laughs> I, she is great. <laughs> I'm into... Um, I'm into a book called The 10,000 Doors of January, a fantasy novel by Alex E. Harrow, um, which is about uh, a young a multiracial woman who finds out in the early 1900s who has to figure out where she is from. And it has to do with race and identity and feeling out of place and falling in love and doors between worlds. So I really enjoyed this book. I recommend it. Nice. Nice. Before we go, I also want to mention the new podcast from the pastors of Circle of Hope, Resist and Restore. They record in the same place that we do. Um, and I'll be real with y'all. I want this podcast to be successful so that we can, so that they can be our rivals. <laughs> that would be so great. Uh, yeah. I already told Johnny that we have beef because they started a, a podcast too. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah. So listen to this podcast. Uh, all right. So a special thanks to Luke Bartolomeo, our communications manager, and also to Joe Mahoney, our technical director. Our theme song is by Jared Selby. And if you enjoy listening to our podcast, we want to know who you are. Um, hit us up. Don't treat us like, I don't know why I wrote this, y'all, but I'm going to read it. Don't treat us like a dating app just swiping left, but not sliding in the DMs. (laughs) We see you. We see you, Canada, people in Arlington, Virginia, Mountain View, California. I've talked to you several times. You need to email us. Um, And then in Bernalillo, New Mexico, we see all of you all. And we want to know what you think about our podcast and how you're navigating the tough waters of race, faith, and Jesus following. So please hit us up at circlemobilizing at gmail.com and also follow us on Facebook at um, Color Correction Podcast. So with that being said, stay black, Little Mermaid. <laughs>